Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show, we'll be hearing from Dunmanway's Melissa Duggan following her first All-Star win last Saturday week. 2019 has been quite the year for Melissa and the Donnie's woman spoke to Kieran a little earlier on. We're also going to reflect on the recent exploits of Bendon's Conor Horan, who was on the score sheet on Monday night as Aston Villa overcame Newcastle United, as well as Kilimartra's Christina Desmond, who landed her second Irish elite title of 2019 on Friday and now looks to have a great chance of securing a place at next year's Tokyo Olympics. We'll also have a quick chat about Glenn Gareth's Daryl McElhenney, but we're going to start with West Cork's latest footballing all-star, Melissa Duggan. The Dunmanway native was named on the all-star team at the City West last Saturday week alongside Kinsale's Orla Finn, who was picking up her second award. And Kieran, we've heard and spoke a lot about Melissa Duggan this year on the podcast. You've covered her a lot in the paper. Between Donnie's landing their first adult title, the West Cork ladies reaching another senior county final, and the Cork senior side competing in another All-Ireland final. It's been some year for Melissa. Ah, oh, it has, you know. And for Melissa to finally win an All-Star, I know she's only in the county level um, three years now, but she should have won an All-Star last year. Like, she's that good. Um, anyone who's watched her play or anyone who's worked with her or anyone who's come up against her, kind of, Melissa is absolute quality. She's one of the, the best defenders in the country. To, so to finally see Melissa win an All-Star award and be recognised for the talent that she is, is superb. Um, I was actually out for the holidays when the news came true on um, Saturday, Saturday week ago. But even though I was off, I was still checking my phone every couple of seconds on, on Twitter because I knew there was a, obviously a good couple of Cork players up for um, They were nominated. So to see Melissa's name pop up as an all-star is phenomenal. And she, she does deserve it. Um, one of the nicest players you can meet off the pitch. She's a, an absolute terror to play against on the pitch. She's just full of energy. And even going back to the, the county senior football final this year up in CIT when Mornabby beat West Cork, um, Melissa was outstanding that day. She really was. She just never stopped running. And she's such a great link between defence and, and attack. She's a bundle of energy. She just never stops. Like I said, she's a nightmare to mark. So um, so for Melissa to finish the year with an All-Star award, as well as, like you said there, Jack, Donnie's won their first adult title. And that was the county junior ladies B title. Having lost the previous three finals, they won it. It was fourth time lucky for them this year. So um, while on the inter-county scene, Cork didn't win the All-Ireland Melissa can still take a hell of a lot from this year and as you'll hear now from the chat she's keen to improve again for 2020 so that's a kind of a that's a terrifying prospect for the opposition if you think Melissa's at this level now and she feel, still feels that she will get better and can get better and that she will be better for 2020 so um, no great news for Melissa and let's let's listen to the chat I had with her earlier you've had one week of being an all-star footballer Melissa what's that been like um, I suppose it really hasn't sunk in yet. Um, I haven't been home since, so I haven't actually got a chance to see the trophy or to look at it because um, I'm, I'm in my last few weeks now of college, uh, full-time college. So, um, you know, I, I've been up in Dublin since the All-Stars. So 
um, I'm going home this this coming weekend, so I, I I'll, I'll be glad to go home and see the family and see my friends and uh, my football. Friends. I can't wait to get you know, to them. Did the All-Star Ward head down to the while you stayed in Dublin, so was it? Yeah, I think it was safe uh, going down to the Manway <laughs> and then it was going up to Dublin just in case anything would happen to it. Um, so yeah, I that went down to the Manway on Sunday after the All-Stars and I went back to Dublin. Oh, fantastic. And but man, man set it up on the mantelpiece anyway, so... It's obviously taken pride of place up there. Like it, it was really well, really well deserved. And I know we're probably a bit biased in West Cork, but it, it was long overdue as well. You've been superb for Cork the last couple of seasons. But actually, going back to the night of the All Stars, when you heard your name called out, what what sort of moment was that like for yourself? Um, it was like a surreal moment. Like you, you just don't know. Like you know, there was so many. You know, I was up against so many other like others, like the Dublin girl. Um. And you know everybody put out put in a great performance throughout the year. And you know when when my name was called out, it was just a fantastic feeling. You know all the hard work and you know effort that you put into the the trainings throughout the year, and you know all the running sessions that we did, and the travelling from up and down to Dublin and Cork, like just all of that. You know it just all paid off for that moment, and it was just fantastic when my name was called out. And it was great too. You got to share it with Orla Finn from Kinsale, who picked up her second All Star award. So it was great to see two Cork players kind of winning, coming home with awards on the night. So it was, um, I suppose, recognition for your for yourself and Orla. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, do you know, Orla was on the West Coast team when we were when Kinsale were there. So it was just nice that the two West Coasters, um, you know, got it at the same night. And I think Orla's friend's mother said that she said a prayer for us in Cyprus. <laughs> Um, uh, church beforehand that the two of us would get it so I think our prayers were answered that night oh, brilliant. <laughs> it's kind of great for the two of you to be flying that West Cork flag on, on, on the biggest stage and when you're looking back on, on the season that, that's finished the 2019 season like Cork won Division 1 of the National Football League and won the won the Munster title as well and came up just short in the All-Ireland Series losing the semi-final to Dublin um, what are the kind of standout memories for you Melissa? Yeah, I suppose the season, you know, it was so hectic and so fast-paced and fast-moving, you know, that only now you get a chance to look back. And um, even though we did have a disappointing loss in the semi-final, you know, we did we did um, have some really great games throughout the year. And, you know, we did prove ourselves that, especially the young ones, you know, that um, they are well able to play at senior county level and everything. Um, I suppose the standout performances probably would have been um, the the Munster final and obviously the league final. You know, it's great winning cups, um, you know, throughout the season um, and it gets you to, in a good place for the championship. Um, but yeah, definitely the league final um, because we hadn't been there since my first year um, and it's, it's great to stay in Pinal Park as well and it's such a good occasion. So yeah. You had an outstanding league as well. I think you were named on the and the Division One League Team of the Year, and you got a goal against Dublin. Was it that the semi final? Was it you? You um. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that was the semi final. I suppose that was another standout moment as well. You know, we were so close, and that game it was such a good game. Um, I suppose as a neutral spectator to watch because it went into extra time, and you know we only won it by a point in the end. You know, we were that close with them, so um, there was many many games that stood out um, throughout the league and throughout the championship for me. 
unfortunately. Melissa, I think it, it was Dublin, obviously, who ended Cork's interest in the All-Ireland semi-final. Um, have you had a chance to kind of look, look back in that game and what are your thoughts on it now? Yeah, um, it was disappointing that we just lost out um, on them. I suppose we, you know, we had beaten them twice in the league. Um, so we were probably in a good position going in. You know, we were confident that... Um, you know, we could we could um win and beat them. Um I suppose on the day, you know, just things didn't go our way and they, we, we turned you know, we turned the ball over too many times and we made too many mistakes that, you know, Dublin didn't and you can't do at that level. And, you know, we we only scored was it three or three or four points or something from play and mm-hmm. you know, on the day those things aren't good enough when you're in a semi final. Um so you know that's what we have to learn from uh, going into the 2020 season, um, and yeah, Dublin deserve to win it in, uh, on the day. Like you mentioned, there the 2020 season, it, it, it won't be long before it's here. And I suppose Ify Fitzgerald is for is after performing his own hokey pokey, he hopped in and then he's after sorry he hopped out now he's after hopping back in. So he's he's back again as manager for for 2020. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Having having Ify there, I suppose it is a familiar face, Melissa, because he's done so much with this group of players the last couple of years. So do you think it's a good thing to have that continuity? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, it's nice that for going into the new season, you know, that there is some sort of familiarity with the management backroom team. Um, Ify's going to stay on, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. he's he was my first coach and still is my only coach that I've had at senior level so I just I think he's a fantastic coach and you know he has brought on brought in some new new management for 2020 um, and some new coaches that will do some um, training sessions and stuff with us so you know while there is um, some old faces there is some new faces as well so I think the mix will be good mm-hmm. and I think it's what we need um, going into the, the new season and uh, hopefully now everything will um, work well with them. Because uh, I see they're there after releasing the fixtures for the league, and I think it's Westmead are first up for Cork in the in the January. And they're also Melissa after revamping the the senior championship for next year. It's going to be two groups of six now, isn't it? Kind of, it's it's a different format to what's gone before. So like even that alone is going to make it an interesting championship next year. Yeah, and I I think so, and I think um, for the league, I think it's a straight final. Mm-hmm, is, I don't yeah. think there's a semi final, so I suppose that's what we'll be facing first. You know, the league you have to get a good start to the league. So uh, you, as you said, Westmead are first. Um, so you know, it's important now since they've changed the layout of it that uh, you get a good start and you know maintain winning ways uh, throughout the league. Um, because it is a straight final, and then for the for the championship, yeah, I I think that means that we're playing more games. That there's going to be two groups in it. Um, but look, uh, we'll face what comes to us, I suppose, in June. But um, you know, it's exciting that that there's a new layout, and you know, whatever comes our way, we'll we'll deal with it. And I, I hear for 2022, you're going on work placement here in Cork, so there's. Won't be as much travel up and down to Dublin, which we have been doing the last couple of years in the, the Royal College of Surgeons. So you'll be based in Cork for a couple of months, so Melissa, is it? Yeah, I'm yeah, I am. So um as part of the final year in your pharmacy degree, um you have to do an eight month placement. So um I made sure that I'd I'd get a spot down in Cork City that I'd be <laughs> only five minutes away from the street, so I wouldn't even have to travel anywhere. Um so 
there's no excuses now for me that I can't come up, turn up late or anything for training. I'll, I'll be in my back door now, so... Oh, brilliant. And it probably makes it a kind yeah. of a, like you, you've had such commitment these last couple of years, like these midweek trips up and down from Dublin, you know, kind of um, it's been like incredible commitment by you. So you must be looking forward in a way just to like almost rolling out of bed and being able to go to training. Like it'll be almost a, a, a luxury for you in 2020. Yeah, definitely. You know, especially um, to the last year, um, it has been tough coming down, um, you know, the Wednesdays and the Friday nights. Um you know, it, it's something that, you know, at least I don't have to stress about now um, anymore that I'll be down in Cork and, you know, I can focus more on um, maybe improving different parts of um, my game and stuff like that. So it definitely does help when you're closer to home because uh, you get sick of the train journey down <laughs> and the train's being delayed. It's not good. <laughs> like even you said, they're like, like you're looking to improve already for 2020. Like you've just won an All-Star, but already your mindset is thinking, how can I get better? Can you... Can you, you you must see these kind of areas where you feel you can improve your game? Yeah, no, I, I can't wait to start now. Um, in December, possibly, you'll probably see me out on the football pitch trying to <laughs> practice. <laughs> I, I don't know what, I, I'll probably try and practice um, kicking and shooting more, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait to get back now out on the, out on the pitch and, you know, yeah, I just love to improve because I know there's aspects of my game that I can improve on, and hopefully with the new um, management and coaches, the coaches, um, they'll be able to um, help me with that um, in January and February. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to get back training now. Oh, brilliant! And while I have you on the line, I have to ask about Donny's ladies this year. Kind of, um, obviously the All Star is, is a huge highlight for you, but I presume as well, kind of the Donny's ladies winning the county junior B football final um, must have been a, I suppose a massive highlight for you and a huge relief considering you'd lost uh, the last three finals um, take me back to that day when you beat Middleton Melissa that was in a I suppose a kind of an outpouring of emotion at the end an incredible result for you yeah I, I can't believe that we actually finally won it to be honest you know as you said like we, we were there thereabouts the last couple of years and you know losing consecutive years is just so heartbreaking you know, it's so hard to go back training with like again, and like the girls have quite uh, unbelievable dedication and commitment for coming back every year. Um, and you know, we've lost a few players along the way, and we've gained a few more players. So you know, there's just been such a good spirit and team bond within the club. And you know, the fact that we actually got there and won the the, the game this year, I'd say. You know, everybody in Demanway and the whole West Coast, they were just delighted. And there was big bonfires and everything that night, you know. It, it just meant so much to, not only to the girls, but to their families and to the community of Demanway as well. And that we asked, yes, that we won the county final. Um, so it was just an amazing feeling, you know. And again, we, we, we can't wait now to move on and up into junior age next year. And, you know, hopefully do well there, you know, the girls have great dedication and uh, they really want to give Junior a go next year so hopefully uh, we'll have a good year in 2020 and hopefully the momentum you built up this year will carry into next year and final question so before I let you go because I know you've examined the morning um, 
Where does the All-Star rank with the other big trophy you won this year, which was the long puck at the Sam Maguire Sevens <laughs> earlier in the year? Like that was a that was a pre- prestigious title to win, Melissa. So, like, would you say would you say the All-Star and the long puck are, are, are kind of on a level playing field, or would you just give the nod to the All-Star at this stage? Or <laughs> well, considering that I wasn't going to do the long puck <laughs> that day, I was only thrown into it. Someone wrote down the names for the crack. And, you know, you just had to hit the ball. Like, I used to play camogie, but I wasn't that good at it. But I, I'd say now, I don't know if it's on the same mantelpiece now as the long puck, um, <laughs> as the long puck uh, trophy now or not. But it, it, I, I'd say I'd have to go for the All-Star. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Melissa, come here. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Now, we're always going on about the calibre of sports people that come out of West Cork, and it may be tiresome, at times but the last few days just adds further fuel to the notion that this region produces a different class of athlete three of our top international athletes have once again been making headlines with aston villa's conor howerton scoring a peach of a goal in monday night's win over newcastle while on friday kilometers christina desmond landed her second elite irish title of the year at the national stadium putting her in pole position for next year's Olympic qualifiers. And we're also going to talk about Glengariff's Daryl McAhenney, who won at the Junior All-Ireland Cross-Country Championships last weekend. But I suppose, Kieran, of the three, we're just going to start with Connor because his goal last night, Monday night, for those listening later in the week, was live on Sky Sports mm-hmm. in a big Premier League game for Aston Villa. And it was an absolute peach. Ah, oh, superb goal. Um, put Aston Villa 1-0 up, kind of a... It was obviously kind of after training ground move, kind of himself and Grealish. Um, Connor took a very short, gave it a nudge. Grealish stopped it, and then Connor, that magic wand of a left foot, curled it around the, the wall, and just like the goalkeeper stood kind of motionless. It was the perfect position, the perfect place of that free kick. And then a couple of minutes later, Connor set up the second goal for Villa again. That that left foot again, a brilliant, brilliant crossing right into the danger zone. That area just between the goalkeeper and, and the last defender. So it's very, very hard to defend. Um, I can't think of the Villa fellow who got his foot to it, but it was just set the guy the ball home. They crossed it all the work there. So um, brilliant for Connor again because he had been going well at Villa, but he was dropped for their last game against Manchester City. And Villa boss Dean Smith was saying after that, Connor was, wasn't happy about that at all, and he came to see him about that. And um, but that's the type that Connor is. He just obviously, if, if you're dropped, you're not happy. And he's worked hard, and he's got his his way back into the game again, back into the first team again. And he definitely took his chance last night. Um, coming up this Sunday now, Villa are heading to Old Trafford to take on the struggling Man United, and Connor's a, a Man United fan, so it's an interesting one for him. It's a game that he's really looking forward to, and hopefully he'll um, he did enough on Monday night. To keep his starting place there. It all depends what Villa will do if they revert to a more defensive style and maybe take Connor out. But um, I'd suggest, even though I'm a, I'm a Man United fan, that Villa have more than enough to go there and cause United problems. So um, United aren't uh, a barrel of laughs at the moment and they don't bring too many smiles to the faces of the supporters. So there's a chance that Villa could spring a surprise because if you look at the table, Jack, 
Villa are on 14 points, United are on 17 points. So a win for Villa would put them level with United, which is in, incredible to think we're this far into the season and Villa could go level with United. If we just then park his Villa form for a second, he's obviously had a, a bit of an up and down year with regards to the Irish senior international team, which pretty much culminated in last week's do or die qualifier against Denmark. When the game was poised at nil nil, Ireland needed to win the game, as most people will know. And when Mick McCarthy went to make his first unforced, uh, not on, not enforced substitution, he had to make a substitution early on. Mm-hmm. But this was his first tactical substitution to bring on Callum Robinson. And my gut feeling and my, I was thinking, it's time for James McLean to be given the curly finger. He yeah. was having a poor night. I'm, I'm not one of those who criticise McLean all the time but he was having a poor night mm-hmm. and although Connor may not have been the star man on the field he had just put in a corner maybe five minutes before mm-hmm. in a similar vein to the one you mentioned in between the goalkeeper and the defender in a dangerous area and if you look at most of Arden's goals in this campaign six in total most of them came from set pieces mm-hmm. so I thought it was unusual to withdraw Connor at that stage they brought on Callum Robinson they left McLean on the field the game eventually Finished in a one-all, Ireland have to go to a playoff rather than directly to the championship. So I can't imagine knowing Connor as you do, he would have been too happy to be withdrawn at that stage. I don't think so. Like you said there, like Ireland's best hope of goals will come from set pieces. We're, we're not a, a, a team gifted with, with kind of with players who can produce goals from open play or these moments of magic. So we've got to make the most of our strengths. And Connor's delivery from a set piece, and whether that's a free kick or a corner, like it's 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 up there with the best in the Premier League right now kind of um, he's just a superb set piece delivery expert and he even said as much after the game last night he knows it's one of his strengths and, and he plays to that but that's a great weapon to have in, in your armoury and I still don't think Ireland use it enough or um, because even though like Conor always started I don't know 10, 11, 12 games and he's almost uh, one of the first names you could say in that on the team sheet for the midfield I still don't think we've seen the best of him with Ireland um, go back to Ireland in the campaign he got men of the, ma- men of the match against Gibraltar and the one that went away then the home game a couple of days later against Georgia he scored a winning free kick but there's still more to come from him um, maybe just a system Ireland play maybe when Stephen Kinney comes in that could be something to release Connor because Connor's a lovely passer of the ball um, but he doesn't get on it enough with the way Ireland are playing at the moment um, I still think there's more to come from him there um, hopefully there will Hopefully there will be. But if he keeps up the form that he showed for Villa on Monday night, um, he, he could be such an important player for Ireland. He knows five goals this season. He's Villa's joint top scorer in all competitions. And this is for a fella who hasn't started every game. He started the first game, was dropped for the next couple of games, played a couple of League Cup ties. Um, so he's five goals to his name. And for a midfielder to be at, at, that, at those numbers at the start of, of December is pretty impressive. He always tries to get into double figures he's well on course for that um, so I still think there's more to come from him but just a great boost for him last night to, 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 to be so instrumental against Newcastle United and like I said hopefully he'll keep his place for a villa against United this weekend you never know yeah and in hindsight I still can't get over the fact that they left McLean on the field that's a, he, he that's a podcast in itself I, I think you know, I know you know but as we said however he may have not been playing in his best position but in a game like that when it's on a knife edge chances are your only chance is going to come from a corner or a free kick and we decided to take off our only set piece specialist mm-hmm. and bring on uh, another forward slash winger who unfortunately 
didn't get much time on the ball either. But anyway, that's Conor Howard. Mm. He's continuing, his star is continuing to rise in the Premier League. Hopefully he can transfer that form when Ireland meets Slovakia, I think in March, in the Euro 2020 playoff Nations League semi-final. No one really knows what they're no, called. No one yeah, yeah. But uh, we, we'll be keeping an eye on Conor in the coming months and especially in the build-up to that Ireland game. Now another athlete that we mentioned at the top of the show who's been setting the world alight is Kilnamatra's boxing sensation Christina Desmond. Christina Desmond won her second Irish elite title of 2019 on Friday night beating Grania Walsh at the National Stadium live on TG Cahar. And I say her second national title of the year which may sound unusual because usually national championships only happen once in a given year but because 2020 is an Olympic year they moved to 2020 elite finals back a few months so they were held on Friday night in November of 2019 it was a repeat of March's final where she also fought against Grania Walsh and the result was the same Christina Desmond beat Walsh and going back to her first win earlier in the year we had Christina on the podcast and going in that was her first elite final at 69 kilograms she had been fighting at 75 before that but she dropped back to 69 Grania Walsh was the favourite fighter. She was actually, at the beginning of 2019, Grania Walsh was from Eden Derry, somewhere in Offaly, I'm not 100% sure. She was seen as one of Ireland's best medal hopes mm-hmm. for the Olympics in Tokyo next year. But in the space of 12 months, Christina's beaten her in two elite finals and now she's in pole position to be sent to the Olympic qualifier in how, London. How did she March. get her so, Jack? What's the next kind of step for Christina to take to kind of... <coughs> To put herself in a position to represent Ireland in Tokyo next summer. Well, un- unlike unlike a lot of sports, the person who gets to go to the qualifiers is actually it's selected by the head of the high performance. In this case, it's Bernard Dunn. I think is that a similar in rowing? It's decided by the, the coach rather than on the results not. So yeah, yeah. So basically, technically, they could still send Grania Walsh, mm-hmm. but it's Bernard Dunn's decision, and it's hard to see him picking the girl who lost two national finals that would be unusual kind of yeah Christina's put like you said she's really put herself in pole position oh she's beaten Grania once twice exactly and she's she's also like performed very creditably in the international tournaments this year she went to the Europeans back in August she was beaten in the quarter final by the eventual winner a Russian mm-hmm. then in the worlds over in Russia she beat the hotly fancied English boxer Sandy Ryan who was tipped to win gold at next year's Olympics Christina beat her in the first round in the second round she beat a capable Canadian and in the quarter final she was beaten by the Turkish fighter who went on to win gold again so Christina's two international tournaments for Ireland this year she's lost close fights to the eventual winners so for Bernard Dunn who everyone will remember was a great professional for uh, back in the day selling out the, the point depot as it was then back in like the the, the the late the early uh, mid 2000s late to, late, late yeah. 2009 kind of era he's the head of high performance at Boxing Ireland now and he has a decision to make who he's going to send to the Olympic qualifiers in London in March and barring an injury or something I don't know I don't know what what could make him not pick Christina mm-hmm. she's going to be left Olympic qualifier chances are she'll go on and represent Ireland at next year's Olympics and anyone who follows sport will know that women's boxing has enjoyed an unprecedented level of growth since the 2012 Olympics when Katie Taylor won gold. So before before the 2012 Olympics, female boxing was almost treated like a freak show, a sideshow mm-hmm. even. Like it was never given the same column inches as its male counterpart. 
but Katie Taylor has put the sport into the mainstream she's now headlining arenas in the UK she headlined Manchester Arena last month so Christina Desmond could be going to the Olympics as one of Ireland's best medal hopes and just over 12 months ago she was she was basically unknown outside of West Cork that's an incredible rise and you just talked about Katie Taylor there you were actually in Manchester a couple of weeks ago Jack for like you said there Katie she headlined that event in in the in Manchester I can't think of the, the name of the was it Luxembourg the Manchester fight? Arena against um, I can't think of the name of the lady she was fighting Christine Linardatu a Greek a like, Greek lady like for, for like for you and your friends to travel over there like to kind of to, to watch an, an Irish women's boxer headline an event that was live on Sky Sports too it's just shown how much women's boxing has grown like huge atmosphere there great win for her again um, it's incredible to see the sport grow so much it, it was incredible and um, like it, it, it's it's the, the era I've grown up in as in I'm, I'm 28 years of age so it has been an era where women's sport has been given a greater respect mm-hmm. but if you were to say 10-15 years ago that an Irish female boxer was going to headline one of the biggest arenas in the UK like it seats 20,000 people the Manchester Arena this is the arena that held some of the biggest fights going back in boxing history if you were to say 10 or 15 years ago that an Irish female boxer would be headlining people would have looked at you like you have 10 heads but yeah. now it's just the accepted norm and when me and my friends were going over to watch that fight not to sound too like cheesy or like a snowflake or woke or whatever we were going to watch an Irish boxer yeah. as opposed to an Irish female yeah. boxer. And that's what Katie Taylor has done for the mm-hmm. sport. She has broken through the glass ceiling, as it were, and she's now treated on a par and treated even better in many cases than her male counterparts. So that's... I, I, can't, I can't say that Katie Taylor is one of Christina's inspirations. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't run that by her, really. But if you look at the Irish female boxing team as it stands right now, there's never been as much talent and mm-hmm. Katie probably deserves a lot of that credit and uh, I suppose best luck to Christina in the in the Olympic qualifier in March we'll, we'll be covering that story 100% in, Jack in like you said there Christina kind of hopefully will be put forward for the Olympic qualifiers and hopefully she might swell West Cox's number of, of Olympi- Olympians next summer we, we will have two Skibreen men there in the Irish men's lightweight double touch wood we'll have Phil Healy there from Bellinine Ireland's fastest woman. She's on course to qualify for next year's Olympics. And in the future Olympics, there's a young fellow from Glengariff, Darren McElhinney, um, who is a future Olympian too. Um, next year will come too soon for him. But Dara added to his, uh, his impressive trophy haul the weekend just got on Sunday when he defended his junior men's um, uh, national cross-country title in Abbottstown. So um, great way for... For, for Dara to kind of finish off the kind of domestic season for that does not qualify him for the European Cross Country Championships that are on, are on in Lisbon there on December 8th and that will be Dara's last ever junior race before he kind of hits the senior ranks next year so hopefully he's going to go out in a high there but for Dara to defend his, his national junior title um, quite important to him because he's had a lot of change again the last couple of months he's changed coaches he's now in college up in UCD which forever knows kind of he's living away from home for the first time and when you're going to college away from home, like Dublin to Glengarriff, is a it's a good couple of hours in the car. So it's all changed for Dara. New coach, living in a in in, in a new city. Um, everything's everything's different. So for for Dara to kind of to win and, and defend that national title, it shows the the caliber of, of of him again. He was in this podcast there a couple of months ago. Very very impressive young man. Um, we'll definitely hear a lot more about him. In, in the years ahead and before that before Christmas now he's the 
European Cross Country Championship. So, like you said at the start of it, Jack, this West Cork is brimming with sport and talent. And it really is a golden era for West Cork sport across all different sports. And we're quite lucky here in the Southern Star that there are so many international class athletes right here on our doorstep. Go to Glengarv, go to Kilimatra, Bellanine, Skibbereen, um, over the Bandon to Conor Horahan, and there's way more. We're just we're quite lucky and quite fortunate, and we're delighted to be able to tell their stories every week in, in the in the Star. Just uh, on <coughs> on Darren McElhenney there before we move on, he you mentioned he came into us and uh, he took part in the podcast here in the studio a few months ago, and his attitude was infectious. He's such a nice man. Like I was almost like I was buzzing to I was buzzing after talking to him. I know you did the interview, but. I was in the studio and it was all chats and all smiles and I was like, oh, he, he nearly inspired me to go out and run that evening. But then a few weeks later, because <clears throat> it was during the summer, I was down in Glengariff mm-hmm. in a, just having a, having a day out and I was sitting eating fish and chips <laughs> in the chipper. Who, anyone who knows Glengariff, the, the fish and chip shop opposite Casey's Hotel there and I was sitting there lying back. I'd say, realistically, I'd probably been out the night before so I probably had like um, my belly just falling down over my jeans or whatever eating my fish and chips and who did I see running up the road training for a future Olympics <laughs> only Darren McElhenney who not two or three weeks before I had walked out of meeting him saying right I'm going running this evening but so he, that, he, that, that he, soon dissipated he inspired you to run to a fish and chip shop <laughs> basically I, yeah. I, I, I felt mm-hmm. six inches tall when he ran by you know he was training yeah. for future Olympics and I had I had been inspired by him three weeks prior, but there I was eating fish and chips. But shout out to that fish and chip shop. They were absolutely delicious, uh, perfectly cooked, had some onion rings as well, some uh, garlic mayo to dip the onion rings in. Yeah, excellent. I can't and remember. If the anyone name, actually on that, anyone ever feels like sending in free food to us here in the Star Sport <laughs> podcast, please do. Um, we'll definitely critique the food. Send it in here to, we're here on Island Street in Skibbereen. So whether it's fish and chips, muffins, pizza, <laughs> donuts. Um, Donuts, anything whatsoever. We're, we've no morals whatsoever, so please send in your food. Um, um, but before we finish then on the, the high calibre of West Cork Sports Star, I just, when I was kind of going through some of them today, what really struck me was like the variety, the cross section of sports. In, in some areas of the country, you know, it's very focused on, let's say, soccer or rugby mm-hmm. or Gaelic football. But in West Cork, when you think about it, just the ones we've talked about today, Darren McEnany, international cross-country star, Christina Desmond, international boxing star, future Olympian maybe, Conor Howard in Premier League footballer. You have Phil Healy, uh, Ireland's fastest Ever woman, ever woman, yeah. Ireland's fastest woman. You have the rowers, obviously. You, you, you literally wrote the book on the rowers. <laughs> you have, we had a triathlete in here. We've had a kickboxing world champion. Road bowling, um, rugby. We haven't even touched on rugby, like... West Cork rugby in West Cork has exploded these last couple of years it's just a this is a nursery ground for for Munster rugby players at the moment um, both male and female you know um, so it's an incredible area for sport and hopefully it'll last a long long time and it, um, the talent coming up Jack is quite strong as well you know kind of so there is a lot more to come from this area and it's just incredible kind of looking back just across the county bounds at Kerry Kerry's predominantly yeah, everything is Gaelic football you know the the football is king there and it's not to say that the GAs isn't important here in Cork because it is but there's so much more variety to the sports people here and the levels that they're, they're operating on we're talking national international world class sports people from from this little pocket not a little pocket from this pocket of Ireland kind of West Cork which is a a unique county of its own in, in, in many respects you know West Cork is its own its own area so for for West Cork to be, to be producing these these class athletes, 
year after year after year in every sport. Um, I think it's a testament to everyone involved on the ground here in West Cork Sport. Their, their friends, their families, their clubs, everything. Just keep up the good work and keep us in the job. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport podcast and before we wrap up today's show as always we're going to take a quick look at what's to come in thursday's paper then we have some housekeeping notes that we'll get to at the end but here in thursday's southern star what, what, what do we have to look forward to um like we mentioned there about the likes of dara McElhinney, connor horror and christina desmond they all feature as well as that new system um are having a superb season on the ga field and their minor footballers won the rebel Oak minor West football final against Castlehaven last weekend so that's that's a double for Newstown at minor level in West Cork hurling and football so incredible stuff there the Carberry AGM is on this Friday night at St James's GA Pavilion and with a look at the Secretary Donald McCarthy's report and he's hitting out at a, a couple of different things so we will report on them this weekend or this Thursday sorry um, nice interview with Miriam Forbes of Donny's GA who is um, starting work as a Cork uh, LGFA um, County Development Officer, so full-page interview there. St. Columns Under-14s, a shout-out to them. They had an, another incredible win just the weekend just gone in the county final, so they have won all that's gone before them in this season. So plenty there, um, plenty disagreed in this um, this Thursday Southern Star, including, actually, just to mention, the Skibbereen 10K road race was on in Skibbereen the weekend just gone and it was a brother and sister who won both um, Justin Ryan and his sister Clara um, Justin's a former international rower with Ireland and rode here with Skibbereen rowing club as well so just incredible to see a brother and sister kind of first over the line in both so we've reported some pictures on that so yeah plenty to like I said to sink your teeth into and it's going to be available in shops all across West Cork and further afield as always from Thursday morning and it only costs two euro and 20 cent and i usually now would plug the digital edition being two euro per week or less than two euro per week if you subscribe for a prolonged period of time but in the spirit of free market capitalism <laughs> it's black friday woo, woo, woo. and <laughs> the standards are, are having their first ever black friday sale and i'm here to tell you about it so from thursday evening at, at six o'clock until Friday evening at six o'clock, so 24 hours, the Southern Star Digital Edition will be on sale 50% off. So you can subscribe to the Southern Star for 12 months for only 43.50. That's less than one euro per week. You can Jesus. read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet, or smartphone for less than one euro per week. When you subscribe between 6 p.m. Thursday, and 6 p.m. Friday, so 24 hours, Black Friday sale. Don't miss out. It's, this is that's ridiculous value. If you saw the Southern Star last week, the Southern Star paper edition and digital edition, there was something like 160 pages Incredible. between news, sport, life, Christmas magazines, mm-hmm. business magazines. For less than one euro a week, you're robbing us. 
Santa will come early, hopefully, to yeah, out of West Cork. It's a great Christmas yeah. present. Yeah. A great Christmas present. Less than one euro a week. 43.50. Save 50%. And tell us when? On Thursday from... Thursday from 6pm until Friday at 6pm. You heard it here first? You heard it here first. People, get out there. Buy it for your friends. Buy it for your family. Buy it for your enemies. I don't really care who you buy it for. Just bye, bye, bye. <laughs> and just to give a quick heads up on next week's Star Sport podcast, um, since we're coming up to the kind of traditional shopping day on December the 8th, what we're going to do, we're going to have a quick look at sports books of the year for the sports fan in your life. So we'll just have a chat with um, a couple of different people about the top sports books of the year, just to give you kind of a nudge in the right direction of, of what books you should buy for that sports fan in your life. Um and I will say now that something in the water will feature very heavily next week, but it is the ideal sports gift for every sports fan in West Cork and beyond. And I have been, I have been working my way through. Uh, there's something in the water here in Kieran's book that he wrote that was nominated for Unpussed Sports Book of the Year. Uh, and I have been working my way through it, and surprisingly, I'm enjoying it a lot. Really enjoying it. I'm not surprised by that. I knew you'd enjoy it. You yeah, know? but I, I like sport. I like West Cork, so uh, they go hand in hand. I suppose we'll have a few free books to give away next week will we I think so too yeah we'll give a couple of free books away will you give away a copy of your book um, we, we can go to negotiations in the next couple of days but no we definitely will have a couple of uh, books to give away he'll like yeah, have to he'll have to see the purchased receipt before he gives it away for free so he knows he's getting a cut of the profits but it is uh, just for all I think it, it'll just be a good show next week um, sports books are kind of the, well books in general are making a comeback the last couple of years I think people love physically holding a book in their hands so a lot of great sports books sports books in Ireland so um, we're going to chat with Adrian Russell He's the author of The Double, yeah. um, and we're also going to Joe McCarthy, who's going to go through some sports books to put in your stocking. So don't miss next week's Star Sport podcast. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shoes, <laughs> or shows even. Sh- shoes, well, shoe you've shows, said that before. Yeah. So if, if you enjoy these shoes, or shows, <laughs> please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the show. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork.